We are recording. Perfect. So we're figuring this out. Yeah, and we're doing Zoom. So if anybody knows this audio, maybe, you know, uh, a little bit different. So yeah, I don't think anybody's going to notice, quite honestly. Well, I'm just saying, just in case, you know, maybe <laughs> this will be one of those episodes being time capsuled. Some years later, people will watch it. They'll say, hey, you know what? Look at these guys. <laughs> It'll be kind of scary. Hey, did you? You know, I know people on the podcast can't see it, but this is my Reptar glass. So, oh, that's awesome. Is that from, uh, gosh, what's that TV show that was on Nickelodeon? Rugrats? Yeah, Rugrats. So okay. he was the, the, he was on the television show that Timmy and Tommy and Angelica and all of them would watch. He was yeah. the, the dinosaur. So I would have worn my Reptar shirt. Again, people listening to this can't see it. I have a Pac-Man shirt on because of the 40th anniversary, but I would have worn my Reptar shirt to match the glass because I, I do have a Reptar shirt too. So That would have been awesome. And you, do you have a Reptar hat? Because I, I do not have a Reptar hat. Today is, today is Carthage College. So There we go. So it's the one that still fits with the all hair the hair. Nuts. Yeah, my hair's a little, yeah, a little unruly. So. Yeah, mine's been getting a little, little out of control, so, so. I'm ready to just shave it. <laughs> so I had to find, like you, I had to find like an older hat that had a little bit more wiggle room. Uh, boy. Exactly. So, you know, if we ever get around to doing this on YouTube, we could do something with hats. So We could. Actually, I wouldn't mind venturing to see how that would work on YouTube. I, I think it would work pretty well, so, because um, we could do it with, with Zoom and... Yeah, we'll just put it on YouTube because because the the one nice thing, and I know this is making for stimulating podcast discussion, but that's all right because who's ever listening to it will. It's okay; they'll find it interesting. Exactly. So, but but the nice thing about what what I like about something like Zoom or or quite honestly even Skype or any of them is that you know you can share a screen, and I would imagine the the shared screen gets recorded also. So. I believe so, and that would be nice, especially if you're going over video games. Yeah, because I bet you if I, oh, nope, it says you've got a disabled Here. participant nope. screen sharing. There we go. Now you can. Okay, so let's see if I, well, here, I'll just share on Spotify. So, yeah. Oh, sweet. So, oh, yeah, and I, I don't know if I'm your side, but I've got... Uh, of course, anybody who's been using Zoom for a while is laughing at you and I right now. But on the right-hand side, I've got little um, thumbnails of you and I and then Spotify in the middle. So That's awesome. No, I really like the capabilities of this. And I think, to be honest with you, it's going to lead into a lot more advancements for even entertainment because people are able to do things like this and still entertain and still produce content. Right, exactly. And so. what's this, Pac-Man fever? So... Well, let's just get into it, should, should we? So, I, yes. I so let's. So, okay. So you said it's the 40th anniversary of Pac-Man, yep. and what day did it come out? Uh, that I um. Oh, I should know that. Hang on. Let me uh. Let me move my dinosaurs out of the way first. So. 
Because it, it also is another 40th anniversary, which is Empire Strikes Back. Yes, that's right. That is this year also, 1980. So um, for Pac-Man, it's actually May 22nd. It just was a few days ago as we record this on the 28th. So six days ago, Namco released Pac-Man, probably one of the most famous games of all time. So, And which, uh, which system? Atari? Or just, nope, just Atari? Well, Pac-Man was originally released in arcade, so this was a it was an arcade game first, and then um, Atari made their horrible Atari Twenty Six Hundred version, which I, I want to say on one of these ep earlier episodes from like last year, I said that we will never talk about the Twenty Six Hundred version, but um, it's been released on I think every almost every game system and computer has. A, a Pac-Man version of it that either was officially released or somebody's made one. So, and, and along with that, there was, I mean, just, you know, in the, in the eighties, there was, you know, the, the Pac-Man um, um, cartoon that ran on, on Saturday mornings. Um, you know, you had albums, you know, like I was, I was showing you Mike before and for our listeners, I, uh, I still have the limited edition, collector series pac-man album it's one of those um picture albums right is that what they're called picture albums with pac-man yeah, and miss pac-man so on the cover with uh, a baby pac-man so um and then there also was released a song called pac-man fever by buckner and garcia and i i wonder i want to try to see if i play it is it going to get captured in and I won't play a lot of it because I don't, you know, I don't want to get uh, flagged. Flagged. Well, actually, I'd only be able to put it on YouTube, right? So I don't know. So it shouldn't flag it. Can you hear that? No, but if you go up to the top of your screen where the sharing is, and there will be a drop-down menu. If you go over to the right where the three dots are for more, okay. You click on there. You scroll all the way down to share computer sound. To the arcade. There we go. That way it's not loud. So. Yeah, so this album, by the way, is uh, Pac-Man Fever, Froggy's Lament. Or Lament. Sorry, Lament. Wow. Let's probably put my glasses back on. Oh, look at that. Now I can do Ode to a Centipede, Do the Donkey Kong, Hyper Chase, The Defender. So it's just a whole album, you know, Pac-Man Fever. So they, so they basically made all uh, like Atari type uh, songs, or not Atari type songs, but video game type songs, right? Yep, exactly. You so. said the Donkey Kong, Froggy's Lament, so Frogger, Centipede, Ode to Centipede. Here's the dude, the Donkey Kong. Yeah, so these are all, there's all games 
based off of the songs that are on here. So, so have you played Caesar alert. ever? Uh, no, it's been uh, it's, it's been one of the ones that I wanted to put on the list of what we're actually playing one of these days, but it just never never made it. Yeah, it is a it is a crazy awesome game. It's so simple because you're basically just a guy there shooting things um, with all the robots coming at you in the center. Well, actually, you can move all around, but you start the center, and then um, all these robots come around. I wonder if I can. So the so I'm I'm showing Mike right now the the Berserk game. So you start as this this green guy here. Uh, this is the arcade version. It's and it looks like a room, uh, with some basic walls. You've got uh, exits on the, the well. You've got exits on three of the sides because you can't go back from where you came from. And your object is to go along. And you've got to shoot them. If you touch the wall, you die. If you touch them, you die. Um, if they shoot you, you die. Um, and basically the whole thing is to try to get through. And as you, as you go through each of the levels, there's progressively more people in the game and they move faster. Um, and the AI in the arcade game actually had them, um, they actually sat there and were coming at you. So they were attracted to you. Um, and that made it you know, even harder as you tried to get, get through and go out um, and, and get all the rooms completed. So I think you'd enjoy it. So there's a there's a 2600 version. There's a there's a homebrew for the 7800. Um, so, but um, I'll have to check that out definitely. But uh, I suppose we're we're here to talk about Pac-Man, aren't we? So, so Pac-Man, May 22nd, 1980, Namco, Toro. Iwatani is the designer. It's a Jap uh, he was Japanese. Originally, originally the game was called Puckman, and then when it came into the United States, they they changed it to Pac-Man. Um, and one of the rumors is is and, and I think it actually says it on the screen that I'm showing on the Wikipedia page. But one of the things they were afraid of is with it being Puckman, if you change the P to an F. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but um, Midway Games uh, produced at Namco. It actually the arcade machines were produced in Chicago, so Namco had their uh, North American manufacturing location was in uh, was was in Chicago. So all of the Pac-Man video arcade machines that came out of or were for the arcades in the U.S. all came out of Chicago. So. Um, well, that's cool. And it's just, you know, as they kind of say, you know, the rest is, you know, the rest is history. I mean, I don't, you know, I think most people know about Pac-Man. Um, and, you know, and the fact that, you know, then there was Miss Pac-Man and, um, you know, Junior Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, um, you know, and then, you know, there was, there's some other versions, you know, there was uh, Pac-Land, kind of like a, you know, Mario, Super Mario Brothers type, uh, uh, platforming game um, that was out there. Um, just uh, you know, I think it's it's definitely one of the most recognizable fran game franchises. You know, probably the, about the only one that comes close to rivaling it would be you know Mario, right? And the whole you know everything that Mario has done. But you know, Pac-Man. You know, think about forty years later. Um, you know, you go to like a Dave and Buster's, you can play, you know, this giant Pac-Man 
where two people compete against, well, actually, I think you can have up to four people. Yeah, four people compete against each other. There's a competition version. Then there's another Pac-Man where you work together and try to, you know, complete the screen, you know, complete the mazes on each screen. Um, you know, so just the fact that this 40-year-old game is still being redeveloped and redesigned um, into, into new versions. And I was, I was reading right before we got on, and I, I got to do a little more research because I got to find out more about it. But they, they actually have, a, have downloadable content for Minecraft. Um, and it actually, let's see if I can, let's see if I can bring it up here, Mike, so I can talk to you about it. So, so that's really awesome because like you said, it's such a notable character. Like you can look at it and you'd be like, oh, that's Pac-Man. Even if you've never played it, you just know who the character is. Absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, you, you think about, you, you know, I, you know, I was showing you my Pac-Man Amiibo earlier, right? Yeah. And, um, you know. So you've got something like, you know, I, I think we got him for, I think I got him with the Wii U, the Nintendo Wii U, and um, some of the, you know, some of the games you can, you know, you extra skins and stuff like that. But you think about that, you know, people that were buying the Nintendo Wii U didn't necessarily know about the the game, you know, when it, when it originally came out. And so, you know, you've got this game that's 40 years old, or this character, I guess we shouldn't say game, but this character, it's really become, you know, part of the lore of video game history of, of culture really around video games. Um, and now there's even, you know, a DLC, a downloadable content for Minecraft that allows you to play Pac-Man in 3d mazes on Minecraft. And I, I just found out about this today. I haven't, I haven't downloaded it cause I, I want to, to see, you know, what's that, you know, what's that like? Because you think about the mazes, well, now taking like a 3D version of that where you're the, you know, you're the Pac-Man. And for those of you who are on the podcast, I'm using my little Amiibo guy to demonstrate this now. So, but, um, you know, you've, you've got this, it, it makes sense, right? Just to take, you know, Pac-Man 3D maze, put it into something like Minecraft and, um, you know, just keep extending it. So I think it's, I, I think it's pretty telling that a character like Pac-Man can just, you know, last that long. So, so what is your, what's your first remembrance I, of Pac-Man? I, I remember it on the, what was the first Atari system that we had? I remember it from there. Oh, the 2600. Yep. So, <laughs> and then I, then the next memory that I have was from the, uh, the Atari computer, the gray one, because yep. it was Super Mario. Or not Super Mario, but Super Pac-Man. <clears throat> so those are the ones that I remember. Um, I, uh, I also had a little, was it a little Pac-Man uh, beanie? Beanie Baby type thing? It wasn't, it was before Beanie Babies, but it was an actual like Pac-Man. I don't know if you guys, if you had one too, but. That's what I remember. I wasn't really big into the games at that time because I was still, you know, a little bit younger and you were working with these systems more on a regular basis. So you had a little bit more exposure to these games. I was more the Nintendo and on um, as far as what I remember. Well, and that's where, yeah. So, you know, we think about, you know, so you had this game in the arcade and Atari was like, well, <clears throat> you know, we want to cash in on some of this, 
you know, this, so let's, you know, let's create an Atari game for the 2600. And, and, and to say the least, it was kind of a, the, the game was popular, but it was a bust. It, it didn't, unlike things like Donkey Kong and Joust and uh, Jungle Hunt and Kangaroo um, and, and even Defender, um, Space Invaders, you know, those as examples, those games ported really well to the 2600. They did pretty faithful arcade versions, you know, minus, you know, maybe they, you know, got rid of a level or, you know, maybe there, there wasn't many characters on the screen, but with Pac-Man, you know, the, the maze was completely different. Um, and it, it really was a, a kind of a, a disappointment, um, you know, for, 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 for people. And, you know, you almost wonder why did they, you know, why didn't they take a little bit more time, um, you know, to refine the game a little bit better, um, you know, just because, you know, they, they probably could have. And I, I think a lot of it was, you know, they, they wanted to get it out in a hurry, um, you know, um, you know, to, to cash in on the market. Cause you, you know, and, you know, it's 1980, you know, something new, um, you know, and I mean, it wasn't, it, it, I'm probably beating it up more than I should. Right. Just, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that love the, the simplicity of it. I, I think it, I think it was terrible. Um, but it's still, you know, it, it's still definitely considered one of the, the games that you, you know, that most people remember on the, the 2600. So, yeah, I definitely remember this. This is the one right here from the 2600, correct? Yep. The yeah, this, instead of the actual, like, uh, the balls that you are, the, cause yeah, cause they changed it from like these dashes and squares cause basically technology, right. They didn't have the capability of doing like spheres. Right, because um, yeah, because the um, yeah, because the the arcade version was actually if you if you zoom in on the arcade version, they're they're more they're closer to being squares, but they looked more roundish, right, than the rectangles, and and the reason for that in the twenty six hundred, the reason the twenty six hundred has the rectangles is really because of the way the screen aspect and the ratios and, and how things were drawn with the 2600, you, you, it's actually very hard to draw a square with the hardware limitations of the, the 2600. So everything kind of ends up being a rectangle instead of a, a true square. So, um, you know, so that, you know, now as games got further along in the 2600, they found, you know, they found ways to, to get around that, but in 1980, the 2600 was only, you know, two or three, you know, two or three years old at that at that point. So, uh, you, you know, there wasn't as much of a history of how to program it and how to get the the, the most out of it. And so, you know, I think um, actually it was released in 1977. So in 1980, it was three three years old. You know, so I think. You know, when you look at that, you know, it's probably a pretty, you know, remarkable, you know, thing that they did with it. So, um, you know, so, I, I mean, it's probably, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm probably being harder on it than, um, you know, than most people are. But, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a game that spawned a lot of different, a lot of different versions. 
Um, you know, the 2600 had it, um, the 5200 had it, the, the Atari game, you know, the Atari um, home computer had it. Um, what's interesting is the Atari 7800 never had a, a version of Pac-Man. It had missed Pac-Man, but it never had Pac-Man. Um, uh, a gentleman by a programmer by the name of uh, Bob DiCrescenzo uh, released a version for the 20 or for the 7800. Um, it's a homebrew version. Go out to atariage.com. But it's a, a homebrew version that's um, pretty good actually. But there's no official version of Pac Man for the 7800. So the, the, he actually released the, the 7800 Pac Man collection, um, which next time you're over, we can play because I actually bought this for the 7800. Um, but as you can see, this was released in, in 2006. Yeah. Um, you know, now one of the things he did is he actually did a little research on what comprised Puckman. Remember I said that it was originally Puckman, yeah. not Pac-Man. So he, he put that in there. Um, but uh, yeah, he put the, the original version of Pac-Man for the 7800. And as you can see, you know, it's got the nice startup screen um, on it. He, you know, goes through the character intro, just like the arcade version does. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, Clyde. Um, and then, you know, kind of their character representation. Blinky is the shadow, shadows Pac-Man. Pinky's the speedy, he's the speediest one. Uh, Inky is bashful. Usually if Pac-Man goes towards him, Pac-Man can get Inky to, to move away. Um, Clyde is just slow. Uh, Pokey's the yellow one. Um, so, you know, he put in a nice startup screen. Um, you know, he's got the original maze. You know, you could, you know, um, you know, he's got the, the squares, you know, the pellets, everything, you know, more along the lines of the arcade version um, than, you know, uh, than the 2600 version. Because the other reason a lot of people were frustrated with some of the versions that came out after is in the arcade, how you would, how you would end up basically winning the game is you would start to memorize the movements of the ghost. You would know that, you know, when the game starts, you know, Blinky is always going to go a certain way. And then Clyde is going to go a certain way, you know, and so you, you got used to that. And so when people got it at home, and the game didn't work the same way. They were frustrated because they're like, well, wait a second. You know, I could get to like level blah, blah in the arcade, but I can't do that at home. And it's because the, the home version didn't have that same AI. Um, so he put that, that same AI um, into the 7800 collection. Um, I actually have, I, I have one of those how to beat Pac-Man books somewhere in the house. I should drag that out. Is it just so, the original Pac-Man that, that the book is on or is it all of them? No, just the original because uh, I I got the book. I I bought it probably eighty three or eighty four. So wow. Now I noticed the ghosts. There's there's a couple that are just all blue. Were those just duplicates of the the same ghosts? Or I mean, all right. So there's Shadow, Speedy, Bashful, Pokey. Okay, got it. They're just yeah. So remember what what happens is when when Pac Man eats the power pellet, they turn the blue. Turn blue. So, um, so they have different face. Oh, they, no, yeah. they all look the same. 
No, uh, when they're blue, well, actually, all yeah, they all look the same. They kind of got the beady eyes, right? I was going to say, when they're, when they're blue, they all look the same, yeah. But the other ones right. are different colors. Yeah, they got the frowny face because Pac-Man's about to eat them. So, um, you know. Here's a random question because I don't remember. What was the significance of the fruit? Was that just points? Just points. Okay. It did nothing. It did nothing else. And you only, um, and if I remember correctly, in the arcade version, I'm just looking through the screen, but in the arcade version, I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I'm sure someone's going to be yelling at the podcast because I'll probably get this wrong, but you could only get one extra life. Um, and I want to say it was at either 10,000 or 20,000 points. So, um, whereas I think in the 2600 version, you could get more than one extra life, but in the arcade version, you can only get one extra life. So if you think about that, you get one extra life and there's 256 levels of the arcade version, or 255, 255 levels of the arcade version that you got to do basically with three lives. Oh, geez. So, yeah. So I'm out. I couldn't do it. Nope. I, I can honestly say the highest I've ever gotten is somewhere up in the 50 or 50 or 60 range. That's and how many levels of, are there? Uh, 255. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, but, that, but that's the thing. That's how these, that's how these older games were, right? They just, there was no, you, you know, today's games, you have a beginning, you have a quest and there's an end for a lot of games, right? Yeah. Well, for these, there was no, you just played Pac-Man and you cleared this screen. The next screen was just a ghost faster and they would stay blue a little less and you know the next screen was maybe pac-man sped up and the go you know you know there was no end game it was just how far can you go and you know so i think it, it some of that's the beauty of these games it's, it's also i think some of the reasons why you know i i think you know they frustrate some of the younger players now because the younger players are used to games that you know well i gotta go solve something it's like no you don't solve anything you you finish the board and then they're like well i finished the board and it's like okay great now you got another one well i finished that one yep now you got another one you know but that was the beauty of it, it you know it, it was just that that simple of a of a game so yeah simplicity but yeah next time you're over we'll play um We'll play Pac-Man Collection. Um, so uh, those those of you listening to the podcast, uh, Pac-Man Collection, you can you can find it over at um, tariage.com. Um, you know, like I said, Bob uh, DiCrincenzo, uh programmed it. He's programmed a couple of 7,800 games. Oh, they're not going to. The screen's not going to show it now. So. Now, are, now was he like one of the original programmers, or is he just a homebrew guy? He's a homebrew guy. Okay. So, um, and, and that's, that's what kind of makes it even cooler is it's like, you've got, you know, you've got all these people out there now that are going, well, I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm going to make these homebrew games. And if you go to something like Atari age, and I'm just going to go over to the store, you, all the games on here are all homebrew games and people just made these games. So, um, you know, the, the front page where I'm showing Mike on, on store on atariage.com uh, store, you know, somebody went out and made baby Pac-Man, you know, for the Atari 7800, you know, and so you can, you can buy a real cartridge, play it on the original system. And these are, 
these are new games. These aren't, you know, these aren't old games. These are new games that people have gone through and, um, and programmed. So. Now, would you be able to download some of these to like, uh, let's say, for example, you have a Raspberry Pi or you have you know, an emulator on your computer? Um, some, some of the programmers will release them for download. Some of the programmers don't, um, but there's always ways to find them. So <laughs> The internet is a huge and scary place. There's always ways to find things. The internet is a scary place. So, um, yeah, so for example, that Pac-Man collection, um, I do have it on my, on, on my retro pie. So, and, and it'll be on, um, as I'm holding up to the, to the screen, it'll be on your retro pie. Awesome. Soon also, so your retro pie is here. It's right in front of me. Um, I've got a few more things to, um, to finish up on, on the other retro pie. Cause basically what I do is I'll just build one and then I copy the, this, the, the card over. So it's got um, oh, that's, all the, that's, all the that's awesome. Yeah, I have no idea what I did. I screwed it up. So anybody listening, I screwed up the Raspberry Pi. Um, yes, I don't know how. All right. So anyways, and, and what Mike's referring to is, um, and I know we talked about this, but like we said, we haven't done an episode in a while. So, um, so anyways, we, I, I, I'm a big user of a, of a system called, uh, of a build called RetroPie. And it's um, it's built off of um, RetroArch, um, which is a platform for emulating for front ending. It really, it puts a front end on on emulators. And so, if you go to RetroArch, R-E-T-R-O-A-R-C-H dot com, <clears throat> you can download this for for a bunch of systems. I actually I'm, I I run RetroArch on my my surface pro um so it allows me to run emulators for the atari systems i can run it for sega systems i've got the nes on here um i can on the raspberry pi i can go about up to a nintendo 64. on my surface pro i can go all the way up to emulating a playstation so um, oh, wow. and so what you do is you you know, if you legally own the games, you can download the images of these games. Um, you know, obviously the the Atari 2600, which kind of is the, it's the earliest one that I have. The games are about eight kilobytes, 16 kilobytes, all the way up to the PlayStation. You know, games were, you know, the, the original PlayStation were, were released on DVD. So you've got DVD size games um, and, and you can play it. But what you can do on the Raspberry Pi, you know, a little $39 computer, and they just released a new version of RetroPi that works on the new Raspberry, the Raspberry Pi 4, uh, which is a which is a much more powerful Raspberry Pi than uh, than I've been using it on. Um, but anyways, the RetroPi is a nice interface that you can go and use with with just a a, a joystick to to choose these these emulators these game systems and, and play uh, the, the games that are on there so um, it puts a front end onto RetroArch. RetroArch's on the back side um, and so RetroPie basically calls RetroArch um, and then runs the emulator but allows you to play 2600 games on the big screen so um, I've, I've played Pac-Man on a 40-inch television 
So, um, and you can play arcade ones too. So it's, um, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. Um, and it kind of, what's nice is, yeah, I've got, you know, I've, I've got an original, you know, I've got a couple of 2600s. I've got a 7800. I've got four or five 5200s. I've got a, you know, there's an NES floating around here, uh, GameCube, you know, placed, you know, I mean, I've got all these systems, but it's kind of a pain to bring them out, hook them up. Um, you know, especially the older systems, you got to find, you know, the RF modulator and adapter and, you know, and so in this case, it's like, well, I can still play my favorite games. Plus I can play them. Actually, I, I usually hook up an Xbox controller and, you know, one of the wired Xbox controllers. So I can play all the 2600 games on, you know, an X, on an Xbox controller. So I don't have to worry about the fact that the old, you know, Atari 2600 joysticks would break. The, the contact switches would have to be, you know, cleaned and I don't have to worry about any of that. I can just, you know, play the games um, and, you know, and keep my systems kind of around, you know, for my, I don't know, they kind of sit in boxes now, but uh, eventually someday I'll get them all out. I have a wall. That'll be one huge gaming set, uh, center right there. Just all those systems. Yeah. A wall of systems. So I thought I had, I've taken a lot of it downstairs, but I thought I had a couple of 2,600 games up here, but so, yeah, so that's what, I mean, that's what I usually play, play Pac-Man on. Of course, I, I, I mean, as, as my brother can, can attest, Pac-Man is by far my favorite game. I'm sitting here in my tie-dye Pac-Man, my tie-dye Pac-Man shirt. So celebrating the 40th anniversary um, I, every system, game system, um, computer system, everything that I've ever owned, I've got a copy of Pac-Man on. It's probably the one game I always, I always have. I've got it on my phone. I've had it on Game Boy, on Nintendo DS's, got it on the Switch, um, Xbox. Um, you know what? I, I don't think I bought it for the PS4 though, Mike. So, so there's still, that's a purchase you can make. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the one that it's missing on. But um, you know, I've got uh, you know, I've got it on the the um, you know the you know Windows platform. I've you know I've even got you know when I was using the Mac as my daily driver, I had a copy on the Mac and all that also. So um, Xbox One, 360. So wow, ton of them. Yep. I, I, so I've got a question. So he was considered. He was called. Puck man. Okay. What was his story? Like, you know, like Mario has, he was, you know, he's, he's a plumber that, you know, blah, blah, blah. What's, what's, what's Pac-Man's story? There, it, his story is really just that. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it so I can. No worries. Cause you know, it's just like this, this, this thing, this creature, whatever he is, is, is chasing ghosts. So right. I mean, I mean, he's a Ghostbuster before Ghostbusters. So I, you know, and I think it, you, you, there wasn't as much of a story, and and that's where you know you think about that too, right? Because it's it's like most games have, you know, e- even the early games had a story, but there, you know, there wasn't wasn't a story. You know, it was just this this puck man running around and you know, running around a, a screen avoiding avoiding the ghosts and then he ate a pellet and you know and he could eat the ghosts so 
there wasn't, you know, the story kind of came, the story kind of came after. And, you know, and the story became part of like the Saturday morning cartoons, you know, where, you know, Pac-Man then had a wife and they had baby Pac-Man and, you know, um, and, you know, the ghost tried to, you know, sometimes the ghost would help them. Sometimes the ghost would be against them. Um, you know, you, you had that. And then, you know, it, it's kind of always been this on again, off again relationship between Pac-Man and, and the ghosts. And, you know, but that story's kind of gone to the wayside. And now it's really just, we're back to just Pac-Man eating dots, sometimes in weird mazes now being chased by ghosts. So... Was there ever a movie? I mean, I know because there's a lot of video games that have been around for a while that have like a video game, have like a movie or I know there's a cartoon. There was no, there was no movie. Now, Pac-Man's been in, in a few films. He was in Pixels. I don't know if you saw. No, but Pixels. I've been wanting, to, I've been wanting to see it. I don't know. Is it, is it, is it good? You know what? Put it on the list. You got to see it before we record next. We'll talk about it. Okay. I am uh, going to write that on my list right now. So if you, um, if you need a copy, I I don't remember if that's one we bought on. I, I think I bought that. I think I bought that on Blu-ray. So I don't think I think we have more digital. Um, so he he's referenced in one of the Guardians of the Galaxy by Star Lord, um, which would make sense because you think about when Star Lord was taken, you know, from Earth. Um, Wreck It Ralph. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've those seen... are those both of them are great. I love those movies. Yeah, I mean now Pac-Man is really just he's running. I think I think Ralph just runs into him in the arcade, and that's it. So, um, you know, so there's no, there's never been a Pac-Man movie, but and I think that's okay. So, just give it time. I'm sure somebody will make one so. soon if Disney buys them. Then you know it'll be Pac-Man everywhere. Exactly. Now there is a board. There was a board game. Do you remember playing that? That was the one with the marbles. I do actually. I yeah. still have a version around here somewhere. No, actually, I took it. But um, okay, good. Yeah. So I, and I actually I found another one at Goodwill. So I've actually got two copies of it now. So I have a complete one because you and I had lost some of the marbles. I mean, it was so easy to lose those. Jeez, that was. <laughs> right. But That's there's lucky. a there's a new Pac-Man board game that just came out also. So is it uh, based on the old style? Uh, it's kind of like it, it, it's, it's similar to it. So where you go around and you collect the, the dots, but in the new one, one person can play the ghost and the other person plays Pac-Man. Oh, okay. So, um, so it adds a little, um, you know, a little unique uniqueness to it. So, but there was a, I mean, there was a ton of games in, in the eighties. So, I mean, I, I have that one. We had the, um, the Pac-Man memory game. You should check in the game room at mom and dad's. I'm, I, it was I the cards. Imagine... It was the cards, right? Like the flipping. Yep. yep. So I, I found uh, last time I was looking through those, I found the WWF ones, if that helps. <laughs> and the Ewoks one from uh, Carab Caravan of Courage. That could have Cur sworn we had a Pac-Man one also. So I'll take a look. It, yeah. Unless we gave it, we might have given it to Goodwill. Mom might have given that to goodwill at some point because I, I might probably i was too old for it which now i wish i had it so but, yeah right all those things are just like ah, just get rid of it and think about it 
even just nostalgic reasons, but it would just be, it'd be worth a little bit of cash. Well, exactly. So, but I, but that's the thing. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, well, you know, you know, other things like, you know, you gave me, you know, I use them every day, you know, the Pac-Man coasters that you gave me, you know, those um, are awesome. you know, and, and, and that right there, I mean, just the fact that I can pull all this Pac-Man stuff right out of in front of me should tell anybody, uh, you know, what a love of it is, you know, and I mean, but it's such a simple game. And I think that's, you know, what, you know, what I always liked about it. So, you know, and, and then, it, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I like the sequels too, for the most part, you know, it's one of those where it's not just, I mean, I love Pac-Man, I'll play Pac-Man any day, but I enjoy Miss Pac-Man, you know, and, and there it was, you know, the big thing with that was, you know, it was a female Pac-Man. Um, it had cut scenes to show the relationship between Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Um, it had a different maze. The mazes um, changed, um, you know, see so that, um, you know, super Pac-Man um, where Pac-Man could do different things. He could become big and small and then medium size um, as he went around. Junior Pac-Man, baby Pac-Man, um, Pac-Mania, um, you know, like I mentioned, Pac-Land, um, which, um, i trying to remember what system that's on. I think that's on the NES. I think, I think that's, that's where it is, but it's, it's, it's a side-scrolling game, kind of like, well, it, actually, I guess I, I shouldn't really like it. Well, it was an arcade version, and then there was also an NES version. Um, it's probably more closely akin to, you remember the Simpsons games on the NES? Yeah, I have, I have a couple of those. Yeah, so now just take the Simpsons characters out and put Pac-Man and the ghosts in. So okay. it was kind of along that same same themes. I, I, it's probably, I, I always liken it to the Super Mario Brothers, but it's probably closer to, because you know what I'm saying, how those Simpsons I, types, you know, like the Simpsons, that those side-scrollers were different. It was, it was like Ninja, Ninja Turtles and things like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could go forward, but you couldn't go back. Right. So, and I, I did like the Simpsons one on a side note. It was a lot of fun. The I got forgot the name of it. Like uh, it was the, the invasion of the uh, the aliens. Oh, exactly. Yep. So, again, I will um I'll make sure that's on your retro pie. So. That'd be awesome because that when I used to play all the time. So. Jeez. So and then um, and, and then the next thing you know when this uh, when this whole pandemic thing settles down, you know, two three years from now. And, um, <laughs> seems like it oh man but uh i'm gonna drag you down to uh dave and busters with us we like to go to the one in vernon hills i like the one in vernon hills the, i've uh, I've never been to uh, dave and busters oh you haven't so no. anyways we'll drag you along with and you you can play the uh you can play the big pac-man with me so perfect um, yeah there's actually what's even clearer than the pac-man and i gotta admit it is they've got a space invaders where you have guns and you know like um you know like laser guns and yeah. you sit in your chair and you move the guns and there's two people and you're shooting at the the space invaders as they're coming down so oh that's awesome and they got the rumble seats so so you're feeling it as you, yeah it's pretty it's it's pretty cool I can't believe that I've never been there and now it's going to probably be, you know, a while before they open up. So 
It's yeah, because okay. they're in that, well, Illinois has got that, what, you know, 16 phase plan to reopen or something like that. So, uh, you know, and I think entertainments are in the 20th phase. So something um, like something like that. Yeah. And it, it always, it's constantly <laughs> changing. Yep. Yeah. Adapting. But no, yeah, Pac-Man. But, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So 40 years old, I, um, I, I can admit, I, I spent a ton of quarters on Pac-Man in that arcade that used to be over by, uh, well, it's where the Piggly Wiggly is now. It used to be the arcade over there. So. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It wasn't yeah. Aladdin's Castle. That was the one that was in the mall. Yeah, Aladdin's was in the mall. I, I didn't go to Aladdin's as much. I went to the one over there, but that was because I'd go there for birthday parties or school events or, you know, just a ton of stuff. And yeah, but I was always throwing quarters at Pac-Man. So, so and you said Miss Pac-Man was your favorite. I, on the 2600, Miss Pac-Man was my favorite. So everywhere else, Pac-Man is my favorite. Okay, so like when it comes down to it, like saying, hey, what is your favorite Pac-Man game of all time? It would be just Pac-Man. The original arcade version. Okay. So, so because nice. all of them have something just a little, a little different, like this, the screen aspect, I, I know this sounds really dumb, but in some of them, like the screen aspect ratio won't be quite the same. Um, there's a number of them where they've taken liberties with the, with the artificial intelligence of the ghosts or the, um, you know, the, the maze is the, the only one that didn't follow the original maze of the, the classic game. So I'm not talking like Pac-Land or Pac-Mania or, or any of those, but uh, was the 2600. And, and then of course those little, you know, those little handheld ones with the uh, LCDs, you know. I remember, yeah. Yeah, those, you know, um, I've got one of those around here somewhere too. But for the most part, everybody left the maze alone, but it would be the ghosts would move differently or Pac-Man would, you know, would have different, you know, so I, I always like the arcade version the, the best. So, you know, there's a Pac-Man themed restaurant in Chicago, right? I honestly had no idea. Yeah. So um, down at, uh, Schaum- at uh, Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg um, is a Pac-Man themed restaurant. So Namco actually sponsors it. Um, wow. So, and uh, they've got a, I've been there a couple times and they've got a bunch of, I mean, I'm hoping they, they, you know, they reopen, but they've got a bunch of um, Pac-Man arcade games there and just a bunch of Pac-Man memorabilia and all that. So. Wow. And I, you know, I had no idea that it was so close. You think about something that's so iconic, you know, it was manufactured just, you know, maybe 50 miles south of here. Well, and, and they were, and I, I think it was, I, I think it was Schomburg was where Namco was headquartered in the, in the you know, North America. And that's where they, you know, they're manufacturing, they built, you know, they built the arcade cabinets and, you know, sent them out from Chicago to all around the United States. And I mean, that's, you know, the, you know, pretty cool. You know, it was a Japanese game um, that, um, Namco bought, you know, well, licensed, they didn't buy it, they licensed it, um, you know, to Midway Games, who, you know, built them in, uh, built them in Chicago, so, but, um, and, and actually, I, I, I do have to apologize, just before anybody corrects us, uh, 
May 1980 was the release in Japan. It wasn't until October it was released in North America. So, so we still have a few more months, five more months, uh, before it was released in in um, North America. So yeah, but you're still you still hit the 40 year mark. Yep. So the other thing that uh, kind of want to throw that out there too is is something and and um, you think about games like Pac-Man, right? And, you know, when you look at computers today with, you know, their multi-core processors running at, you know, you know, three point something gigahertz with some, you know, many gigs of memory and all that. This game ran on a, on a, I want to say it was a, it was a Z-Log 80 processor, which is an 8-bit processor. Uh, the Timex Sinclair computer ran on a Z80. Um, and those those processors ran at about three megahertz. So you think about mega as opposed to like three gigahertz. Um, you know, just what, what they were able to do in 1980 with the, the limitations of the hardware that they had, you know, to produce a game that 40 years later, you know, we're still talking about. So, you know. It's and we'll still continue to talk about even 40 years from now, I guarantee that they're going to keep keep riding that wave with that character. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you're going to go out and play some Pac-Man now? So. I am totally going to play some Pac-Man. I actually got it on the phone, by the way. So Do you? Okay. Yeah, the iPhone, which is, which is nice. Um, yeah. But no, actually later I'll be watching Arrow. So. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll so I have to watch Arrow. If you, if you're going to watch pixels, then I have to watch Arrow. Let me, um, that's a lot of that's a lot more to have to watch than just uh well, what if i okay so let me see let me see what i got on the bring up the old plex so uh so to fill everybody in like through this this time i've been watching um arrow i've never seen it before and i'm now on season three and i really do enjoy it um i don't know why i do because it does have that the cw type feel which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, you know, it, it, but it's just entertaining. I, I don't know. There's something that keeps compelling me to watch more and more. So, so Mike, why don't you, for, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure some people have seen it, but, uh, you know, what is the backstory? What is it about? What, um, the you know, backstory kind of is, character? oh, the backstory, it's based on uh, Oliver Queen, who is uh, the Green Arrow. Uh, definitely would tell anybody to research a little bit more about that character. He, he basically, our, our hero is trapped on an island for several years, uh, five years or so, and went through so many different trials and tribulations and things that kind of forced him into a superhero to try and save his city when he comes back. Um, he's a billionaire, like most superheroes are. They usually start out as billionaires, and I'm being kind of sarcastic there, but yeah, it's true. Uh, and they want to save a city. So he's he's like Batman. I would have to say he's similar to Batman. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers away, so I won't say anything because I know you haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to dive into that. But it's got it's got a very Batman feel, but with arrows. And um, now, now he's not whiny like that other character you uh, superhero you like Spider Man, right? Spider Man. Um, no, he's not. Okay. He's so. not. He, he definitely has some anchor management issues that I'd probably say that he has to work on. But um, yeah, 
I don't know. I, I really like it. The, the casting is done well. Um, it's shot really well. Like I really enjoy it. Um, and the, and the storyline, every time, every time I watch an episode, there's something that brings me in for the next episode. Like they have a, they have amazing cliffhangers and they, they do do some uh, crossovers because at this, at the same time that these are coming out, there are some other um, DC shows apparently that were coming out too, which are like the flash. And I don't know if Supergirl does. I don't know if, um, I don't know which ones actually do other crossover except for uh, the flash right now. Okay. But I do like the character of the flash as well. And that'll be the next one that I'll start tackling. Uh, and then I also have to tackle the Marvel superhero shows on Netflix, which I never did tackle either. Um, it's been a nice time for me to kind of get caught up on these things that I've always wanted to watch. But um, I recommend yeah, for me, it's been, uh for me, it's been cooking shows and uh, the uh, National Geographic, uh, all the all the vet shows like uh, The Incredible Dr. Pole and uh, Critter oh, so Fixers. The, and, the Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. So some of them are on Disney Plus, some aren't. So like the Critter Fixers, they're on National Geographic. But um, I mean, other than that, it's been I, you know, I've been I've been catching up on some reading. So um, I've um, let's see if I can grab it. So I. There's an author. Oh, something fell. So, um, but I've always wanted to read Terry Pratchett. Okay. So, um, and so his Discworld stuff. I don't know. Have you ever read Terry Pratchett? Not familiar. Okay. All. So, so anyways, so I started reading. I'm on the the second book now. So the the Color of Magic. The the other thing that I have. I want to talk about um, shows is I've watched the first two seasons of Dirk Gently's The Holistic Detective Agency. So it's an older, it's an older series. Now it's not to be confused with, with Dirk Gently. So you've got Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and then you've got Dirk Gently. Which and one's based both, on the, uh, oh, Douglas they, Adams is on the right. Yeah. And well, they both are. Okay. So, and they're both BBC. So okay. Just um, the Dirk Gently by itself is a newer, uh, newer version of it. I haven't watched this one yet. Um, I finished the two series seasons of the holistic. So I, I would say if you, if, if you like kind of the, if you're into not, it, it doesn't necessarily always follow a standard storyline and it makes you think a little bit. Um, and you want something that's not kind of straightforward. I mean, he, you know, when Dirk Gently is trying to solve crimes, he doesn't always do it the traditional way. And some of the characters are, they're a little out there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously if you've, if you've read the Douglas Adam book, you know, um, you know, you'll understand that this is a guy who, you know, he solves crimes with hunches and, you know, he's, he's always, he doesn't necessarily have psychic powers, but he's got some sort of power to kind of know where to be and not necessarily know how to put it all together properly, but know kind of where to be to, to, to figure things out. So, um, but yeah, I've, I've watched, um, 
I've watched those, so that's what. Uh, I'm going to check those out. I, I did just sign up for HBO Max as well. Did you? The new, uh, the new app that's coming out just because of the Snyder Cut. I thought you were going to do it because of uh, Sesame Street. That's what I thought. So. Well, and actually, I uh, an added benefit that I didn't realize that was there is that they have the seasons of Doctor Who on there. They do. Um, they they have the newer stuff now. I can also recommend if you're looking for the older stuff. Uh, the best value out there is BritBox. Okay. And if you buy it through Amazon Prime, I want to say it's, it's $7 a month, but it's got all of the, not all the episodes, but it's got a, it's probably got the best selection of classic Doctor Who, but it's also got, you know, stuff like Red Dwarf and it's got, um, you know, uh, who is that? Who's Coming to Dinner and Faulty Towers and, you know, a lot of those more classic um, um you know, BBC comedies. It's got the dramas too. I'm just not as, uh, not as much into the dramas as I am the, uh, the, the comedies. But Britbox has a lot of the the older classic stuff. So, check out uh, uh, Moon Boy on on uh, for the BBC. It it came out a couple of years ago. It's a comedy. It's really cool. It's about a, it's about a young boy that lives in in an, with in an Irish family that has an imaginary friend that he talks to that kind of goes through his adventures as just growing up and dealing with being a kid in school and dealing with a family that has all sorts of quirks. It's to me, it, it I laughed a ton watching it. it. It's, it's worth at least checking out a couple episodes. Well, IMDb gave it eight out of 10. So it's, um, I, I just pulled it up. So, so I just like, I mean, the whole premise is great. Like you see his imaginary friend, which is like, an older version of basically like I'm, I'm kind of gathering like himself, like <laughs> this 40 year old guy that's there just talking to him. And it's, it's really cool. Oh, Chris O'Dowd is the producer. Okay. He's um, he, he was in one of my favorite movies actually is bridesmaids. So he was in bridesmaids. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, he, okay. So he created written. Oh, he's in it too. Okay. I'm just looking at the cast. So, yeah, I, I like Chris O'Dowd. He's got one of those senses of humor that's okay. I'll have to, I've got it up on my screen, so it's in one of my 140 tabs that's open. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, this is good. Cool. I'm glad we got to, to talk about Pac-Man, and uh, I'm glad that we're recording again, and we'll pick out a topic for next time. Well, exactly. Now, you know, I mean, if, you know, we, if you watch Pixels, we can talk about Pixels. We can um, pick another video game. We can pick up another video game system. We can, uh, we can talk about anything. I don't care. So That works for, uh, that works for me. We'll come up with something. So anyways, I, I think we're good. So uh, I will talk to you later. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Uh, how do I...